you ever hit that point where you're like, and I don't hit it very often, where you feel like you've listened to so much music that you just want silence? Yeah, bro, I feel like so much comes out every week. It's just like, it's an overload every single time. Like, I feel like this week was one of the lighter weeks for sure. Like, I feel like Jay Huss had that, had his own lane to himself, but uh, there's been a lot of music, especially through the summer, like for sure. Yeah, I'm pretty good at, I feel like I'm pretty good at like knowing when to, when I should just take a break from you and like just go out and just not listen to anything or podcasts or anything. But I'm approaching that point this weekend just because I've had Jay Huss's album on repeat like every day since it came out. Um, but yeah, bro. Did you listen to it? How'd you like it? Jay Huss released Brutal. What was it called? He called it Baby, but it was... Uh, I think it was Beautiful and Brutal Yard. Yeah. 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 Well, you- I liked it so far. I really liked the song with Bob Marley's kid. I don't know if it was Nina Marley or one of the other mm-hmm. ones. Naira, uh, Naira Marley's African. So oh, he's, he's he not related to Bob Marley? Nah, there's a bunch of, and I got confused about that too. He's got a bunch of, Bob Marley's got a bunch of sons that have mm-hmm. different names, but he, this guy's from Nigeria. This guy's okay. just, yeah. My mom was none the wiser. I definitely thought he was one of Marley's kids, but I like that song, the one with Georgia Smith. Um, he had that single, It's Crazy, come out too before. I didn't like it when it came out, but it sounded a lot better on the album. Like in the sequencing, it sounded really good. But from what I heard so far, I loved. I've loved it. I love Jay Jay Huss's like inflection and the way he comes on beats, and I feel like he really uses his voice as an instrument in a way in some of the songs that he'll do. So I really like that and what I've heard so far from it. Yeah, bro, it was a good. It was a good project for sure. Off the first couple of listens, I'm not gonna give like my uh, full opinion on it because how much can you really know in the first couple of days? But I will say the thing that I love about Jay Huss and that I think I've started noticing about what I like about rap now is I think for a while, like the early 90s and the 2000s, like a good rapper was somebody who could like punchline you to death. You know what I'm saying? Like I hear people talk about how and I don't respect because he had a bunch of punchlines and entendres and similes and all of that. And I think it makes for a hard listen sometimes. And the thing I appreciate about Jay Huss the most is that he's able to incorporate those things into his raps, but also make it sound good, you know? And this project just solidified that. I feel like every single project, he's gotten better at doing that. And on this one, I just love the flow of the album. Like he knows when it's time to like really just rap over what beat. And then when it's time to just let the melody ride or bring somebody else in. Like I think the features on this project were perfect. Like mm-hmm. Drake, Burner Boy, Georgia Smith, CV. I didn't know who CV was, but he killed his verse. Um, Popcorn, Naira Marley. These are names that I guess I didn't, outside of Burner, I didn't expect him to have out here, but they make sense. So I'm not going to go too crazy in on a deep dive yet because, like I said, I'm still listening. But my favorite song so far is Come Look. I like that one a lot. Um, and you're right. It's crazy. It did sound better in the sequence of the album. I think, and that that's another thing. I'm like, bro, I almost don't even want to listen to singles anymore, bro. Like, if you're gonna, if you're about to release a project, I might just wait. Like, the Drake song sounded really good by itself, but it wasn't the same. I feel like it sounded good in the sequence of the album too. Like, I feel like 
I don't really remember which song was exactly before it, but I feel like the way it flowed into that song, it was real good. But um, I feel like I do agree with you on the fact that like a lot of the best rappers right now are just the best artists too. Like their music is sounding way better than it did before. It's not just about barring you down anymore. It's about the flows. It's about your production. It's about how you make stuff sound together. So I definitely agree with that. I think most of the best rappers right now are some of the best artists. I think weird thing, but I think Blast is one of the best quote unquote rappers right now. And he's yeah, really yeah. just one of the best artists out. That's the thing. But yeah, yeah. I wanted to uh, the people, the producers on this album, TSB, um, he produced, I think, 12 songs on this album. TSB produced some songs on Boge's last project. Um, and he had a lot of other production that you probably be familiar with. I'll send it to you after this. But he produced a lot on this album. P2J produced a lot on this one. Um, he did uh, Who Told You with Drake. He did Little Things with Georgia Smith, if you heard that song. Um, he did Two Sugar with Wizkid and Iris yeah. Star. He's done a lot. He's really big. So the producers on this one, I was... He picked some really good ones, but like I said, before the album came out, I was really apprehensive about the producers because he worked with J5 on every single project prior to this, and I was nervous, but he picked a great line of producers to help him with this project. If you are looking for good rap music, period, that's the statement. If you're looking for good rap music, go check out Beautiful and Brutal Yard by J Huss. We'll probably be talking about it for a couple of weeks now, but I just wanted to get into that. Uh, I didn't start the episode with this is episode 15 of the Rhythm and Rhymes podcast. I am your host, AJ Hughes. I'm here with my co-host, Antonio Hughes. How's your weekend been going so far, though? Pretty good. I've just been working on the shop and figuring out content for that. And uh, I made two sales of that shirt I made since I posted it. So I think that's crazy. crazy. Yeah, but um, that and then, I don't know, really just chilling. Like, I've been, I was still looking for a new job, but it's getting to that point where I'm finna move to Florida. So... New job isn't really in the works, I'm thinking, but just showing around. You ready for school? You ready? Uh, Yeah, I think it's going to be a lot different, like being off on my own as much as I've kind of wanted that to feel the independence and to really, I feel like I'll be able to learn myself better when I have to be alone. But I think it'll just, it's just good to get a new experience. And I've been trying to be in a different place and kind of not even reinvent myself, but see a new, peel off a layer of myself, I'll say, to see what it's like when I'm in this different place in a new environment around all new different people. Yeah, I'm excited for school. Yeah, I think, uh, and one thing I've had to start, like you accepted, but after a while you just, I was telling somebody the other day, you just throw yourself into it. You know how you see those scenes in movies where they throw kids into the pool and he's got to learn how to swim. Yeah. He's going to drown. I, it's not to that degree, obviously, because you have a support system around you, but it is like that. Like I've been for a while, I was sitting in my apartment the other day, bro. And I was like, bro, I haven't finished furnishing the apartment and I've been here for three months. And so I went to Ikea and I got the rest of the stuff and I ordered the rug online and I ordered the couch finally. Cause I was like, bro, I've been waiting too long, but this was me just being apprehensive. You just have to take steps and just, honestly, you just have to fuck up. You got to go yeah. out there, fuck up, and then just, and yeah. I, it is good. This is the first step, like you going off to college, like this is a step. And this is definitely something you'll learn a lot from. But then in two years, you have to learn even more when you have to graduate and go do something else. Right? Yeah, I feel like that's one of the reasons I do being the youngest, because I have a bunch of people who fucked up a lot before me and had to 
learn through experience. So then getting that um, advice and just help from people who have dealt with the things that I'm probably going to end up dealing with, definitely, I feel like it'll help me ha have a step ahead of a lot of people who don't even have that type of support system. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, you got plenty of people to ask questions to and stuff like that. Right. Let's get into these topics, though. We got into the J House. I wanted to get into that. I was really excited to get into that, bro. I'm not going to lie. I went back and looked at some of my content, and I was talking about J House in January, bro. I was talking <laughs> about J House six months ago. I was hyped. So I've been, that's been the focus for most of my weekend, but there's also two more songs that came out that I want to talk about. BA released a single called Raised Me. Uh, I'm still trying to figure out where the sample is from because I don't know if the beat is sampled from somewhere, but her flow, like she copied a flow from a classic rap song and I just can't pinpoint what it is. So when you get a chance, go listen to it and let me know if you know. But her flow is so crazy, bro. Every time she comes out with a new rap song, like her cadence and the way she's able to find pockets on different beats are so crazy, bro. I love Bia. She's so good. And I want more. It's crazy because I want more Spanish songs from Bia too. Because I think she's Dominican. And oh, she, okay. has a song with, she has a song with Jay Balvin that I really love. It's Jay Balvin. She was signed. I think these are stuff I have to check. But I think she was signed to Pharrell initially. And she has a song with Pharrell and Jay Balvin. And that song, I love it. But it's a Spanish song. And I would love to hear on more Spanish records too, but all the rap songs she's putting out now. Yeah, I really, I didn't even get a chance to listen to it. I saw it when I was um, driving home. I didn't even see the song on Spotify when I had um, been looking for new music. Like the only thing that really came up on my Spotify this week was J-Huss. Like I didn't see much else, but Bia, Bia is really like that. She's another one of those female the artists that I didn't really talk about when it came to like women who are going to, be around i feel like because she is versatile like that where she can rap and she can also get into her spanish bag i think she'll be around for a while plus she got two big like early big features with nikki and j cole that's crazy to start your career i don't know how long she's been in it but to start your real everybody seeing me now career like with those two that's crazy that's definitely crazy yeah she's definitely one of the more underrated women now that i'm thinking about it um, we were talking about women last week and we didn't even bring her up. And she already had a platinum song with Russ. That song came out years ago. And the yeah. song I'm talking about with Pharrell and J Balvin came out and I want to say 2017. Oh, it was a while ago. It was like 2017 or 2018. I'm gonna double check that. But she is definitely up there. Now that I'm thinking about the names that we listed off last week, in terms of my favorites, I would put her up in with Dochi for sure. I like her. I like her a lot. So when you definitely when you get a chance, go check that song out. Um, and the only other song that I wanted to talk about that came out this week was Fredo and Tiggs the Author. I was unaware of who Tiggs the Author was, but Fredo has been on my. He's been like popping up in my feed for I want to say about four to five months now, and I really didn't have an idea of who he was. He's done song with Dave in the past. Um, we talked about how Dave does like the the tracks with the best rappers in the UK. And one of them he did was Funky Friday. And I heard that one, last, uh, but I never really got into him. And then he did another song with him on his last album. Fredo's last album was released on Native Recordings, which is the, um, I don't know if that's the record label that Dave owns or that he's on. I think he owns it. So he's close with Dave. And I've been just seeing a bunch of his singles pop up. He did. One song this year, Everybody Knows, which gave me like a 50 cent bot, which I really liked. 
And then that song I sent you, Day Flow, that was Fredo. That was fire. And then a couple of weeks ago, he released Toxic Trade. It was Stormzy, which was also really good. And then this song that came out this week, Scoreboard. He's really talented. He's a really good writer and his flow is really dope. And he's another, like I've been looking for good lyricists to just listen to more. And I feel like maybe I'm just UK biased at this point, but he's definitely a lot better than a lot of people I've been listening to recently. Is uh, So he is from the UK. I just wanted to clarify that. West okay. London. Yeah. I mean, we've talked about that, though. I feel like it's in, in America right now, it's a lot of production and how stuff sounds. And it's not it's not like true to what hip hop used to be. So I think it's it's just a lot different now. I think they're almost in the almost the infancy stages of what their rap culture is and we're past them. So I think it's, it's just different. But I've liked what I've heard from Fredo so far. I didn't hear this song, though. Another one I missed out on. Yeah, I'm, the summer, as the summer goes on, I'm going to London next month. I'm getting more excited for this festival, for This Is What I Mean Day, just because Stormzy's, the lineup was crazy, and I already know he's going to bring more people out. I could see him bringing out Fredo. They just put out his song. I could see him even bringing out Dave, maybe even Central C, anybody. I don't know. But I'm really excited for this. Like I said, the UK has been my favorite rap music for probably a year now. And so I'm just really tapped into the market right now. And I'm really excited for my trip for the festival and just to like touch ground and see it. We've, I think we've been pretty lucky, me and you, to travel as much as we have. When I talk to my friends or I meet new people, a lot of people haven't even traveled around the U.S. like we have, let alone outside of the country. And so to be able to take my first trip to Europe, to London, to see one of my favorite rappers and stars, get to see Nux, to get to see Kehlani, like, I'm really excited. What would you say you're most excited for outside of the three you just named? Western. Western, okay. Western season. Western, baby. Western is a, they're a, a rap. They're like a, I don't even want to call them a rap because one of, a couple of the artists sing and rap is mm-hmm. interesting, but I would consider them like hip hop, R&B, somewhere in between. But they're, um, one of them is of Jamaican descent. One of them is Guyanese. And then, I'm not sure what the other one is. So they're West Indian and British, which is an interesting mix. You know what I'm saying? Um, I, somebody was tweeting about this the other day. I was going back and forth on Twitter about how London is turning into a market for Black music and that Black music dictates all music. And I think for a big, a big reason of that is because they have, a, I want to say, a closer connection musically with Africa. There's Africans here in the U.S., obviously, but I think in a mainstream music way, there aren't many African immigrants or African first-generation Americans who have African parents. Like, the only one I can think of off the top of my head is Wale. Wale is Nigerian. And so, outside of him, we don't have many of those. But over there, they have a lot of African roots and people like Dave. Dave is Nigerian. Stormzy is Ghanaian. Little Sims is Nigerian. There's a lot of that. And then there's also like a West Indian influence out there as well. And so I think that melting pot is like what you get when you go to a New York. When you go to a New York, there's a lot of West Indian communities out there. And that influences the food, influences the slang, influences the music. And I think they have it to an even bigger extent because 
uh, I've told Drew about this before, but the Windrush generation of people that came from the West Indies and went to London, there's a big West Indian community out there, almost as, you could almost say as big as New York, and they have an African uh, influence because they, if you think about it, like the West Indians come to America because we're closest in proximity, mm-hmm. but Africans go to London because it's close in proximity. So they have both. It's just an interesting thing to see. I'm really excited to see it out there, but that was a long way of saying Western. No, I'm definitely excited to have you report that back because I'm jealous. I'm going to be in school at that time. I couldn't even make that trip. Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking, I was trying to figure out what, because we got to take a trip pretty soon. I'm trying to figure out. I was looking at the FAMU schedule the other day. I'm like, what can we go? When can we do something? Even if it's not crazy out the country, like I know you want to go to LA. You haven't been there yet. We'll definitely figure something out, but I'll let you know how it is because at some point I'll be back in London. I'm sure. I'm sure it's going to be my only trip. So maybe we figure something out next year or something. Yeah, just make sure you get a big picture in front of the Big Ben. That's the big thing I want, bro. Yeah, yeah I'm yeah. hype, bro. I'm hype. I have, I got two people BS and saying they want to come, but you know how that is. They say they want to come, and then it's time to buy a ticket. All right. I'll probably yeah. be out there by myself, but we'll see. Next on the list, Burner Boy becomes the first African artist to sell out a U.S. stadium. Last week, he sold out City Fields in New York, which had a four. 41,800 person capacity. Um, your favorite rapper cannot do that. And he's, slated, and he's slated to sell out First National Bank Stadium on September 23rd, which is in South Africa. Uh, the capacity on that one is 94,736 people. Once again, your favorite rapper cannot do that. I just, <laughs> I have to make that clear. You know what I'm saying? Burner Boy is doing things that haven't been done before. And He's out here putting out great music. Big Seven on the way. You know what I'm saying? If Big Seven coming out soon, uh, Tim Burner Boy drew all these things. I think it's just so crazy because everybody's just going to be late to the party. I don't think this was as big of news as it should have been. I think it should have been on more headlines. And I wish more people were talking about it. And because they're not, I'm going to talk about it. Big Burner on the way, nigga. What are you talking <laughs> I feel like it definitely, uh, I guess I could say, perpetuates the fact that like a lot of the artists that aren't in the U.S. anymore are running music because of the fact that just like the next topic that I put down, uh, a lot of the artists who uh, are in America right now, they're having low ticket sales and they're not able to sell out concerts. And it's not hard tickets, but you see a lot of streams. And I just think it definitely puts a bigger light on that fact. That's why I put the little baby thing right after it. But you want to talk about Uh Yeah. So basically... Lil Baby canceled a lot of tour dates because of low ticket sales. Uh, The most recent one was actually yesterday or two days ago, I believe. It was in Phoenix. Um, He also canceled shows in Sacramento, California, Salt Lake City, Denver, Indianapolis, Louisville, Kentucky, and Pittsburgh. Um, They didn't really give like a reason why. They haven't really talked about it yet, but I think one of the main reasons is just that people don't aren't looking at these artists to go to their shows. I guess they don't think their shows are going to be as good as what they could be getting out of things. Like I would say festivals even, because you could see a lot of these artists together at festivals. And the second thing, I'm going to combine that with what I just said, the price of tickets now, like a lot of people cannot afford to go to some of these concerts. And there's only a certain, like certain people who can still charge a lot for their concerts and their fan bases are so cold that they'll pay for it, like Drake, like Bad Bunny and 
Taylor Swift even right now. Like Taylor Swift has been selling out dates all across the country forever because her fan base is just that cold and it's still super expensive. So I think it's just a combination of like people not wanting to go out to these shows and a comedy and how much it costs. Like, yeah, I think the um, I heard somebody else talking about this on another podcast, but that the festival scene has saturated the live music market, and you do see a new festival popping up. I feel like every weekend, like some of the I feel like we talked about a lot of festivals on here. We're like, oh, there are so many good festivals out and as a consumer you'd rather get more for your money right you'd rather go to Lollapalooza and see 10 artists that you've been wanting to see for $500 as opposed to going to 10 individual shows where the price is probably going to be higher if you total all of them and I wonder what is the solution because if I think about the artists that are doing those big tours right like I think about a somebody who has loyal, a loyal fan base like a like a J. Cole or even a Jack Harlow. I remember initially like when he was touring really early and the fact that he was able to, like you have to start at the beginning, do a 20 cap or 40 cap, even Blast, right? Like I went to Blast first show in Chicago. Uh, when was that? Was that 2021 or 2020? I think, I think that was 2020. But he, oh, I'm wrong. It was 2020? I think so. I might be wrong though. You went, I didn't. <laughs> I don't know. Um, yeah, yeah. I have to double check. But it was his first, like the years are blending together. It was October of, I had moved to the city. It was 2021. It was 2021. I was living in the city at that time. So it was October 2021. And that cap from that venue, I want to say was like, it was like a 200 cap venue. And there wasn't 200 people in there. There might've been like 120, 150. You know what I'm saying? It was not that big a venue, but he, like, you have to do that. You know what I mean? I paid, I think I paid $20 for that ticket, bro. And I think artists are discouraged from taking those type of shows. I mean, because of the look. And I think what ends up happening is like, you get, you have a song pop off, let's say Ice Spice, and you have a song pop off, and then you're all rolling loud in front of X amount of people. And then after the tour, after the festival lineups, you have to go do your own individual tour you have to really look at it like how many people are going to come out there just to hear that one song or just to hear your small body of work. And even if it's a 50 cap or a hundred cap, I think to build a fan base in that market, you have to just kill your ego and go do it. But artists aren't willing to do that. I think a lot of the, a good example of artists doing it now though, are like coffee. I went to go see coffee at the house of blues in Chicago. That house of blues is probably like a 250, 300 cap venue. It was sold out, but that's not a huge venue in comparison to these festivals. Yeah. Even there's a guy, I'm tripling. He was on Rolling Loud's lineup, rap guy. He had, they said it was like seven people at his Rolling Loud show. Like his Rolling Loud show, like the one where it's a festival. There's a bunch of people already there just by the show. And he had, like, it was under 20. It was not a lot of people. And he still sat there and performed. Now I think that's just like, artist development too. Like you got to learn how to go up there, how to control the crowd, how to keep the crowd engaged. And you do that by starting small. Like you're not going to be able to, a lot of people or a lot of artists are trying to sell out these big venues that they don't even have the fans for yet. There's so many, they're so new. I feel like little baby really surprised me, especially that many, uh, that many states. Like I wasn't expecting it to be that many places that yeah, he would have to cancel, but I don't even know. Maybe make the venue smaller like you said 
Yeah, I'm thinking about, I think you have to find a mix. Like you opening up for other people is good because you get your music in front of a different fan base. Like right now, Drake's opener is Skilly Bang, which I think oh. is so dope. And that's interesting. But I want to see Skilly, you know, I've seen so many shows in the last week. I'm thinking about it. I went to see Skilly Bang in New York. And that was probably like a 200 cap venue too. And that was one of the best shows I have been to, like period. That show was crazy. And I think you just have to start and do that. Two, two people I'm interested in seeing um, coming up who have smaller venues. Uh, Little Sims, she's going to be in Atlanta. And then Ira Star is going to be in Atlanta as well. And they're, the venues of the show, like I checked the venues, they're not that big. And I think you're right. I think it's just you have to go down, like size down. You have to just find your fan. Um, the Russell does these things called, I think they're called free game Fridays or something where he just gives out information and he puts it out as content. And somebody asked him how he determines the size of the venue for the, sh the show that he's going to do. And it was an interesting way he calculated it, right? Like he said, he would look at how many people are listening to his music in the market on Spotify, how many people are listening to his music on Apple music and then how many are listening on, I think YouTube. And then he would like divide that by, I think, I want to say it was 10. So it was a smaller number. So you get like a 10% or 15% of how many people are actually listening to your music in that market. Because not everybody that's listening to your music in a market is going to come to a show. Teddy would do that and then find a venue right above that. So I'd say that number came out to 300. He would find like a 250 person venue. You know what I mean? And then like, that's, I think that's the way you have to look at it, right? Selling hard tickets is the only way people are going to really be making music out here. There's right. a, the last thing I'll say on this was I was, there's this guy I follow on Twitter who's big. I'm, I've been keeping an eye on web three and music, music NFTs and stuff like that mm -hmm. for about two years now. And this guy has a newsletter where he's talking about the intersection of music and web three. And he's tweeted a couple of times talking about how the streaming, we think the idea for streaming is that like they're not getting enough money from us to pay the artists, right? And he did the calculations. I'm going to find it and send it to you so you can put it on the screen. But he did the calculations. And he's like, even if you raise it to $30 a month per person, like artists are still not getting paid that much. Like it's just the model of the each song being worth X amount and each stream being worth X amount in proportion to what we're paying on the month, it's like the streaming is not going to be consistent form of revenue for smaller artists who aren't Drake or Lil Baby or whoever, you know what I mean? And I think Lil Baby has had an interesting career because he's been next to so many people, right? Like initially when he was coming up, it was him and Gunna. And now we're seeing, we're seeing how much of an effect Gunna had on Lil Baby's fan base, even just not even just selling shows, but the music as well type of deal. So I think it's interesting that you have to be independent, even if you're signed in those ways. You have to do your own shows. You got to do your own music. You can't rely too heavily on collabs. So I think Lil Baby canceling a bunch of shows is definitely interesting. I'm going to look at the tickets here because he's coming to Jacksonville. So I'm going to check and see if they go down or anything. I was so interested in seeing Lil Baby. Yeah, I think he'll still have a lot of like dates in the South. But I feel like some of them, like a lot of the things I read off were like northern places. Or like, and, um, yeah. All right. We'll keep on a little baby, man. I don't know. His career trajectory is definitely about to be interesting now that his last album wasn't bad. 
but it wasn't better than that first album. And with that happening, now I'm canceling shows. And now we're seeing Gunna. Like Gunna has all this controversy, which we don't have to get into, but the fact that he still put out quality music on top of all of that, I think that says a lot. I think that says a lot about what ended up happening. And obviously, if you know how Will Baby started and how Gunna wrote a lot of his early raps and how that all went about, like it's very interesting to see where the talent lies in that group. And I think whatever Will Baby does next, people will definitely be paying attention to for sure, because Gunna didn't have the support that Baby has. He didn't have none of those features. He didn't, even the Young Thug support that they both used to have now is just behind Baby. Like, it, it's crazy that he could still come out with quality music like that. I wasn't expecting any less because Gunna has always been my favorite over Baby. I like Baby before Gunna. I remember when I heard Yes Indeed for the first mean, time. You mean Gunna over Baby? Baby. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I like yeah, I like I always like Gunna over Baby, but um, I remember when he came out with Yes Indeed, and I just heard that way. I was like, I don't like, I don't know what he's doing, but it's just not my thing. But obviously, got better from there. But that's so funny because I remember, I remember a lot of the. You remember a lot of the times you heard somebody first. Like I think the first time I heard Gunna, the first time I heard a lot of rappers, American rappers that are mainstream right now, was when you sent me a song, and I remember. I forget which album that was, but I'm about to look it up. But you sent me a song and there's sometimes where you send me somebody and I just let it sit there. I didn't listen to it for a while. And then I was listen to that whole, it was Drift Season 3. You want Drift Season 3? But that's the, always where I introduced people to Gunner because that's where he got yeah. like yeah. real hot. It was either Toast Up or Spending Edition. I forget which one you sent me first, but it was one of them. And once I heard it, I was like, I get it. I get it because that was fire. That was fire. But yeah. Yeah, that was a minute ago. That was back to Burner Boy. Burner Boy is on so Song of the Summer. I said early and I'm saying it again because now it's going viral on TikTok. Talibans by Byron Messiah. Shout out St. Kitts. If you know, you know. That song is still going crazy. I play it almost every day. And Burner Boy is confirmed on the remix. Uh, I think he's about to go nuts on the remix and I think it's going to send it through the roots even more. If you know the song, Byron Messiah has a part in there where he's talking about uh, a girl looking like Jada Kingdom, who's one of the biggest uh, that dance. I think she's dance hall. I would say dance hall R&B-esque. She's one of the biggest artists in Jamaica and uh, he has a bar on there where he's talking about Jada Kingdom. It's been reported that Jada Kingdom and Bernard Bar are dating. So I think just that clickbait-esque uh, verse because the video was of Burner was like referencing that verse. I think that's going to go viral and push the song a lot. I'm not trying to get into the business and all that stuff, but I think that is going to hit the shade room versions of like, the Jamaica shade room or whatever. They, that's going to make it go viral. So I think it's, it's, it's just a matter of time before the song goes to, they just released the uh, I'm a piano version of the Taliban song, a remix of that. And I actually like it a lot. I usually don't like when they remix a song to death, but I wasn't mad at the I'm a piano version. So I'm hyped for this song. I've been waiting for it since they took a picture together of where he went to St. Kitts a couple of weeks ago. Shout out Burner Boy, bro. I'm gonna shout out Burner Boy every time. Burner Boy's been killing. He's been, he's had a lot of good features too. And that's how I know he's caring up for that album. Like he's, yeah. he's been on everybody else's stuff. I feel like testing out how he's feeling with music right now. and. 
Honestly, I'm excited for that song too. I feel like Taliban is one of those records that they would obviously a lot of people were listening to it, but I don't feel like it got the push that it should have. And it's still this song of the summer or one of them for sure. It's crazy because I didn't really, I heard it on, there, I think there's a difference in like virality now that I'm on TikTok. I don't want to say heavily, but I'm using it consistently to just understand the platform and stuff like that. But I initially, when it initially came out and I initially heard it, it was like a thing of people were playing videos of it being played in the club. And that's one version of our where you see people like singing the song. Mm-hmm. But now I'm seeing people do dances to I'm seeing kids singing. I'm seeing the sped up version. I'm seeing a lot of different uses of it on TikTok, which I didn't see when it initially came out. And he just signed to uh, well, the Ava Piano version was released under Geffen Records, which is under Interscope which I think Interscope is, I think that's Universal. Let me double check. But if that's the case, then that's, this is all intentional, right? Like Interscope, so yeah, Interscope is like Universal. Oh, this is not by accident that it's going super viral right now. They put, they pushed the button behind the scenes. They pushed the button. There was a video of him, Byron Messiah on a live stream doing an interview. And he said there's seven potential remixes. Right. I mean, but when you think about it, think about that Summer Walker, uh, Summer Walker did a whole sped up album. So I say you have the regular one, you got the sped up one, you got the slow down one, you got the I'm a piano one, you got the burner boy one. And then he says he has one with the dance hall artist on it. So that's six right there. That's six right there. So I'm not going to listen to all. I'm just saying that now. I'm not listening to every remix of the Taliban record because the original one is good. The Yama Piano one is good. And I don't like sped up songs. So that's not going to be played by me. But I'm going to listen to the Burner Boy one for sure. So I get it. I get it because they're like little kids like a sped up one and we'll slow it down one. So if you can get this amount of people to listen to it, like by all means. I'm I'm just, I think it's dope that like St. Kitts, if you don't know, St. Kitts is an island in the West Indies. It has 40,000 people on the entire island. Nobody, I don't want to say nobody comes out of there, but there's no notable person in any real recognizable field from St. Kitts ever. And so I think it's cool that he's getting his, he's got his moment. Regardless of if you want to listen to all the songs, I think that's cool. Uh, no, I never really understood the whole like sped up thing. Like I, I feel like I the Summer Walker project wasn't bad. Like I think um, Girls Need Love was the best song on there was being sped yeah. up. I don't get that. Like that, the whole chopped and slop thing where it slowed down. I get that. That makes a lot of sense to me. I've always understood that it's a culture thing with the South. But like the sped up thing, I don't know. I never got it personally. I think uh, right now it's big because of TikTok. Like mm-hmm. they do the dances and all that on TikTok. The only song that I can say that I listen to sped up is a it's an R and B song. It's by uh, Tempted. Oh yeah, it's Lemon Pepper Wet. Yeah, yeah, that song. And I think the only reason that one works is because she's all the original. She's singing it in a slowed down version. So when it's sped up, it's not like chipmunk. It's yeah. like, it's, it's different. So I don't really like it either, but you know, what you gotta do. Yeah. It's just a thing in music okay. now. Our opia is to be released on July 28th. Uh, I can say a bunch of the blogs reported. It could potentially be right. 
I'm not going to sit here and say it's definitely there, at least on that day, because who knows about Travis Scott. But this feels like summer. Of, what's on? That was 2018. Yeah. Was that 2018? That yeah, I'm pretty sure that was 2018. Sounds right. This fe- Yeah, this feels like that. And he's supposed to perform at the periods. He's supposed to live stream Rochelle at the periods on that day. And I'm excited for the album, regardless of if it comes out then or later. Uh, I was a big fan of Astro World, and I think um, I'm starting to notice my favorite artists don't release every year, which is should be evident. But it's like my favorite artists just don't do that. And the fact that he took this long between projects, I think it's about to be a moment. Uh, I'm a big fan of Travis. I keep thinking about like how much it. Now that I'm rethinking it, I don't think the whole project is gonna be Afrobeat. That was probably a little. That was me jumping out on the ledge trying to get a viral. Sorry, guys. <laughs> But I think there will be someone there. Um, I did see someone said that Bad Bunny song was not on Utopia, but oh. there is a Bad Bunny Travis Scott song out there. So regardless, I'm excited to hear the album. I'm excited to hear Rema on it. Uh, even if that Bad Bunny song isn't on there, I hope we get it at some point. You know, even if it's not Afro, because I think it's going to be a lot of experimentation from Travis because like you said he's one of those artists that doesn't release every single year and I'd say the J. Coles and the Kendricks and the somebody who doesn't release after a while I'd say maybe even Kanye they take a while between projects because they're really sitting there I think they're sitting there sitting with music and what the landscape is and digesting stuff and then giving their take on it or trying to go outside of what it is so I think he'll definitely put a put like this project will sound like a whole new world. Like I feel like some artists with their projects, every single one you go into, it's like a whole new thing. It's not like a continuation of the last. They're introducing you to a whole new, let's say Travis Scott. There's a whole new Travis Scott. And I definitely think it's going to be like that, even if it's not all Afrobeats, but. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a hype for it. I'm not going to lie. I, um, I was not the biggest track. Like I liked Travis prior to Astro. But you realize how much of a live experience can influence how you listen to the song. And like, this is one of those things, I don't know if I'll tell my kids, but it's something I think about a lot. Bro, I was one of the first people in the public to hear Sicko ever. That was one of the craziest moments of my life. Like Travis, I said, hey, yo, I got an album coming up. Here's a song with Drake. So like what? That song was crazy. And so like he's known for having these moments. And I think um it's dope that he's doing the show at the pyramids. And I think this is gonna be something that uh, in this new age of trying to like really create a moment because the streaming is so hard to get people to listen to it. I think a lot of artists are gonna follow suit. And I think people are gonna credit Travis with this new era of like, release, but I'm gonna shout out, yeah, shout out to Russ. You know what I'm saying? Russ, you're one of my favorite rappers ever. Uh, I'm saying this now because I think it's cool that one of the things I think is really cool about Russ is he like, when something happens in his life, he'll go back to the tweet from 10 years ago. There was a, he tweeted about Absol 10 years ago. Hey, Absol, check your DMs or check your email or get on this beat or whatever in like 2012. And he had that song that came out, I think, two years ago with Absol, mm-hmm. and he like quoted it and put it on there. I think that's really cool. So I'm saying it here, yo, shout out Russ, you know what I'm saying? Can't wait to get you on Rhythm and Rhymes. It might not be this year or next year, but it's gonna happen. 
and then we're going to put this little video snippet in there. So wow. shout out Rose, because I think he's been trailblazing for a while now, and he's just not, him and the media just don't get along, so he's just never going to get the credit. So I'm going to need the media to give him credit. Shout out Rose. Yeah, I think, I feel like it's a little different. Like, he just did a show out there. Travis, obviously, he's doing a show out there. He's not the first rap artist to do it, but it's a little different because he's rolling out his project versus Russ was like, I just sold it out there. But yeah, Russ has definitely been a trailblazer, been one of those guys. A little bit, but do you think Travis would have done it had he not seen Russ do it? Maybe, because I feel like Russ, it was more so I have fans in this area. I can see that I have market share over here and I could sell tickets here. So how would, could you credit Russ for that? He's not the first nigga to see that period. It's like, I feel like he's the first solo artist to go do a show at the pyramid period. I think yeah. like if I just say bro, to, like, to have the crazy, like you can have the crazy thought like, yo, what if I could the pyramid? But Russ was the only one that's fuck it. I'm gonna figure out how to do the show at the pyramid. He was the only one. And then all of a sudden, what was that? That was like a couple months ago. And all of a sudden, Travis had this announcement, like, y'all doing a show. And everybody's like, oh my God, who else would do it? And who else would like, shit like Russ did it, bro. Like, what are we talking So I'm going to get it. It is different, but it's not who had the thought. Thoughts don't mean anything, bro. You know how many thoughts I've had? That idea and I put on it. Nobody cares that I had the thought first. So I get it, but I'm right up, bro. It's Paul. Yeah, not definitely. All right. No, not out of business this week, but I'm just going to keep bringing up business topics that, this is this how you go. Business topics that make me, uh, you know what I'm saying, that validate everything I've been saying for the last two years. This worldwide, worldwide releases uh, an article, and it's English language music's popularity on streaming services is shrinking in the U.S., and globally. Um, Globalization is centered around the theory that as an industry, music is more global than ever. But when you zoom in on many individual markets around the world, their most popular artists and charting track are becoming increasingly localized. One of the best examples offered by Paige illustrate this concept is that in Poland, the top 10 acts there are today are Polish. The top 40 are pretty much all Polish but their acts doing hip hop, which is an American genre. Let me go down here. There was a couple of stats I want to read. According to Luminate's mid-year music report in the United States in H1, the streaming share of English language content in the top 10,000 total on-demand audio and video track was down 4.2% since 2021. Spanish languages, uh, Spanish language music's streaming share of the top 10,000 U.S. on-demand audio and video track, on the other hand, has grown 3.6% in the same time frame. Let's see. Oh, in the U.S., English language music streaming share of the top 10,000 U.S. on-demand tracks was 88.3% in H1, and Spanish music had a 7.9% share. It goes on to talk about how English language um, globally was down... 5% since 2021 this year. Uh, I mean, at, by the end of last year. And at this point today, it has fell to 56% um, of the total tracks. And I think this is something that obviously makes sense as the internet and streaming just becomes more readily available. Like 
the Portuguese people are going to make Portuguese music and the people in Portugal are going to like Portuguese music. That's just no duh. But I think the Spanish part of the American, of the U.S. market is interesting because it reflects like just the demographic of the country and how we know there are a lot of Mexican and Spanish immigrants coming into the country. And we might not, I think uh, the problem with the uh, this U.S. census is that it only takes for account of people who like participate in it. And there's been a lot of rumors of people saying like, the amount of Mexican immigrants in LA outnumbers everybody else. It outnumbers everybody else combined. You just can't account for all of them because they're not participating in the census. And to see this number, this clearly indicates that the Spanish speaking population in America is growing rapidly and they're taking over the US. And I don't think it's a bad thing. The Republicans are gonna think it's a bad thing. I don't give a fuck. But I think it's it is interesting to see facts like this sort of support that theory because you can't really confirm it. You can't really take account for how many Spanish speaking immigrants there are in the US. But things like this are showing if there's more Spanish songs being listened to, there's obviously more Spanish speakers listening or people who just enjoy Spanish music. I think the um, communities inside the US are growing like the minority communities. Like I've heard in a couple of decades, like black people, the, just minorities in general will outnumber white people. And that hasn't been a thing that was like that before. And even the communities outside of the US, I feel like they're growing. Like I, I saw a stat the other day on this guy's page that I follow for, I think it was actually that Quay Trades guy. Um, he was talking about how Africa right now, like you said, is the biggest growing market in the world. And I think just also with the access, like you said, of streaming and the ability to make music, but also just being able to get that influence from those artists in other places, because rap is an American genre. But of course, there's probably going to be a guy in Poland or a guy in Portugal or a guy in Iceland who messed with Kendrick Lamar, who messed with J. Cole. And they're like, hey, I want to do what he's doing. So it would make a lot of sense that you could, now that you could understand the people that um, would be making music from your country or whatever, that those markets would grow. Yeah. Yeah, bro. I think it's, uh, I'm excited. I'm excited as, and this is going to be a little tangent, but I'm, I think the downside to being super hyper aware of like, even just your place, not even in the world, like just in America, in Florida, I think black people have been treated as, they have not been treated as equivalent citizens. Like they haven't been given equal rights in this country since they came over here. And that's something that I try, like on my day to day, you don't really feel that as much. Like I don't, they're not out here calling me things. And it's not like I had a ton of problems my day to day. But I think about it a lot, you know what I mean? And for having globalization moments and these things happen, like Africa growing and just more access being readily available to black people. It gets me excited, you know what I mean? Just because we'll be able to take more responsibility for ourselves and we'll be able to carry more of the I think a lot of the problem was we used to, and still in a lot of places we don't have access, but now we're gaining more access, even if it's slowly. And I think it'll just provide more opportunity even just outside of music. Like, obviously, I think music and entertainment is going to be one of the industries and we have to take ownership and take on because this is where we see a lot more success. You know what I mean? Like, it, you can have the generalizations about Indians own motels and gas stations, but 
that is an industry in which they make a lot of money and they find success. And that's not something to look down upon. That's real wealth, right? And so it's dope that we're getting more access to things because we can find ownership in an industry. But even past that, more business owners popping up all the time. And it's really cool to see that not only just in America, because like I said, I don't think, I don't think of myself as uh, like Dr. Umar, he posted that video the other day where he says he doesn't call himself an African-American, he calls himself an American African. And it might seem silly, but in reality, it's like, I look at myself as more of an African than I do an American. Pan-Africanism is something I'm reading about right now and something I'm very interested in. And I think a lot of it resonates with me because I do feel like a fish out of water in America in that way. I don't think like subconsciously, I think we all know we're not supposed to be here and some of us just don't acknowledge it. So it's hard to like really understand that, but I can't unsee that. So when I read stuff like this, I just get excited. Uh, That makes me excited for music specifically, just because I have become the person listening to the Afrobeats and the Spanish songs when my friends give me augs. I'm probably gonna turn on Burner Boy. I'm probably gonna turn on Omale. I'm probably gonna throw some Ozuna in there. With that growing, it definitely makes me excited to see where like music and just the world is gonna go. Like I think it's gonna be crazy to see where the world's gonna be in ten years. Yeah, man. Okay. Do you have any uh, song song of the week this week? Give me a sec. I actually do. Okay. Uh, well, first while you find it. Yeah, go first. You good? Okay. Um, I just I just listened to this right before the pod. Actually, Carol G put out a song. We should have talked about it. Maybe we'll talk about it next week. But Carol G just put out a single S ninety one. I seen Carol G's name floating around for a very long time before I decided to give her a listen. And all I can say is I get it. You know what I mean? She's really dope. Um, and the song she just put out this week is really good. So S91 by Carol G. Go check that out. I'm definitely going to check that out because I loved Carol G's last project. But uh, Kunle Gold has been putting out like a lot of singles, right? And he yeah. just put out um, this one single called Oga Ranya. I don't know if I said that, but I liked it. Like, all the singles he's put out recently have been real good. I'd probably say Party No Day Stop was probably my favorite one, the one that was stuck in my rotation. But I'm really excited for when he puts out a new album because I feel like that's coming with how many singles he's put out. But I would just say go listen to that. Olga Rania. I'll put it up on the screen so everybody can read. It is, it is dropping song with Joey Atkin, Afrobeats Intelligence. Uh, they've been tweeting about it. He had an album with Sing Party, I think, last week. And he invited a bunch of little African journalists to come listen to the project. And it's something, I think it was called something tequila. Or, but basically, it was cool because when you've seen people posting about it, they had, at a listening party, they had them like take shots while they were listening to it. And because he said that he made the whole project, I think, off tequila or something like that. And so they made him drink while they were listening to it so they could get the same vibe. But there is an album. So just, yeah. I'm locked in for that. Locked in for that for sure. 